This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome to the broadcast. Nice to have you along for the ride today. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. You can always follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. And Instagram, JeffyMRA. Thanks to uh, Michael Pelka for uh, you know warming up the broadcast for me. There's nothing like, I come in and he says, I'm the warm-up act for Jeff Fisher. And then starts talking about family members who have passed away. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. There's nothing like that, boy. That warms up the old, the old showtime right off the bat. So anyway, we're I, I don't know where to really start. So we'll just start, okay? Um, you have a new su- Supreme Court justice. Uh, took place uh, yesterday. He'll be sworn in Monday in two ceremonies. Uh, he'll be sworn in uh, by John Roberts. Great. Uh, going to administer the oath uh, to the new justice at 9 o'clock uh, in a private ceremony. And then, of course, Justice Anthony Kennedy will give him the second oath in public at 11 a.m. And, of course, you know, Gorsuch was a, a clerk for Kennedy uh, back in the 90s. And rumor has it that, uh, you know, since uh, Kennedy has one of his clerks now on the court, he may retire. So eh, you never know. The big Donald Trump may have another Supreme Court justice to run through. And there's already cases on the docket. I mean, he's going to say, I do, yeah, I'm going to be the Supreme Court. Uh, I solemnly swear, follow the Constitution, and he's going to get, get to work. So I hope he's moving in this weekend. Uh, hopefully he already is. I mean, the truck should already be there, cleaning out the office, getting things ready to rock and roll, because he's got work to do. There's five big pending cases already. Uh, that they're going to have to deal with. So uh, remember who got you there, a Supreme Court Justice Gorsuch. Don't forget about the Constitution of the United States of America. Anything else going on? Oh, yeah, Syria. That's right. Um, 
Tuesday had a big chemical attack, sarin gas, so everybody saw that video. And if you haven't, you either don't want to, which I don't really blame you, or you just haven't been awake because it's everywhere. And uh, even, you know, the president with his little little babies uh, that changed his mind to attack. Now, uh, you know, what does this do? In the beginning, when it first happened, I remember thinking, oh, boy, here we go. That's what we didn't want. But it does, if it's a, if it's a one-time deal, it does kind of put the U.S. back into the saddle again rather than just standing next to the horse. Uh, for the past eight years, we've kind of stand, you know, just stood next to the horse and uh, pretended that we would ride it. Um, to use, I don't know where that analogy came from, it was just back up on the horse again. Um, so it does kind of send a message, hey, we're not going to mess around anymore. Yeah, I know Russia's, you know, saying they're disappointed and, they, you know, what are we doing? And and uh, it, it it does uh, you know hey Assad we're not gonna you know we're not gonna mess around anymore uh, Soviet Union yeah I know you don't like it but uh, here's the deal we're not gonna put up with it uh, and then uh, Kim Jong funny man in uh, North Korea does kind of say see we're not messing around Trump had uh, the prime minister or the president or the extreme ruler or whatever is title is over there in China, number 11, G, uh, already sitting down at dinner. <laughs> I would have loved to have been, uh, you know, at the table, uh, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump, uh, we just, uh, we just, the missiles just lost on Syria. Oh, hey, uh, G, uh, by the way, uh, we just uh, launched uh, some missiles on Assad in Syria. How's the steak? I mean, it just strikes me funny for some reason. I don't know. China's got to keep funny man in gear over in North Carolina. Nobody wants, not North Carolina. I did it, you know, I did that the other day too. Called North Korea, North Carolina. You know what? We're not going to bomb North Carolina. Just to be clear. We're not going to do that. I don't care how many transgender people get pissed. We're not going to bomb North Carolina. It's not going to happen. But... I know that there's some, you know, one of uh, one of our experts, Jason Batrill, who will be uh, joining me tonight for a special broadcast that we'll talk a little bit about in a, in a while. Um, he believes that North Korea is, uh, you know, a tinderbox that once that's opened, there'll be massive loss of life. And he makes a good case for that. He makes a darn good case for that. And so, I mean, that's a frightening, frightening thought. So hopefully China can get... Keep uh, Kim Jong in line. I mean, that's that's what they were supposed to have been doing anyway. Now we're just getting news uh, now that uh, the site of the chemical attack uh, was hit again. Um, so we're not sure uh, if it was us, who it was, what's going on. Um, but might not be such a good time over there in Syria. And I really don't know. It's so funny. I saw a couple of, uh, 
a couple of uh, social media tweets. Uh, people all wound up at Donald Trump, some of his big supporters. This isn't what we put him in office for. You know what? It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm not a... He's the president of the United States, and I haven't been, and I'm still not really a big fan, but he is the president of the United States. And we did put him in office for this, to make decisions to hopefully keep the United States, uh, you know, a, a world leader, and not to be, uh, you know, standing next to the horse, but up on the saddle. And a lot of the social media was all wound up at Donald, and then a lot of them were saying, you don't even know where Syria is on the map. You couldn't even find it. You know, A, (laughs) it's probably true. The only thing I know about Syria is that uh, when uh, one of the first times I was in Israel, I remember being up on the Golan Heights and looking down on Israel and seeing how important it was to Israel uh, because they had taken it back from Syria. And you just sit up on the Golan Heights. I mean, Syria can just sit there and bomb Israel, which they did uh, and have done in the past, by the way. Uh, it's not like Syria is, uh, you know, hey, come here for a vacation. And you get up on the Golan Heights and you look down on Syria. And it look, at least what you're looking down at from the Golan Heights is beautiful. So you kind of think, man, maybe it is a vacation spot. No. No, 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 not, not, not really. Not really. And the way the government was set up, uh, I know that they're thinking they're going to get rid of Assad and talk about a regime change. But the way that government is set up, it's just going to be, you know, Assad's cousin. So there has to be some some other big changes uh, before you actually get rid of the uh, the Syrian government the way it is now. What else is going on? Is there anything else happening in the world? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the possible... A terrorist attack in Sweden. You know, there's nothing going on in Sweden. <laughs> nothing happening over there. Everything's fine. This whole multicultural thing is fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about. It. I'm sure that that truck plowing into a, plowing into the stores and killing people and shooting people. That's fine. That's not even. It, you know, maybe. Yeah, sure, it could be. Sure, it could be terrorism, but probably not. Wait, it is. So now we've got uh, uh, ISIS supporting Uzbeki father of four has been arrested uh, before another suspect is led away in handcuffs. They've got, I believe, all four, three or four suspects in custody now. Uh, some of the video was just amazing, and you see, you know, exactly what they've called for in the, uh, you know, in the ISIS flyers. Hey, one of the ways we could cause terror is take vehicles and drive them in. We've seen that uh, several times around the world now. Maybe they're following orders, you think? That's very possible. Duh. So it kind of bodes bodes well to uh, President Trump. And, uh, you know, we all remember his tweets uh, on Sweden. And what? Everything's fine. What are you talking about, Donald Trump? We want we want an apology. Everything's fine in Sweden. Oh, okay, okay. One of the things that's happened as well uh, in the last couple of weeks is uh, U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson directed all U.S. diplomatic missions to identify populations uh, warranting uh, increased scrutiny. 
He also ordered a mandatory social media check. We got to hand over their password so we can uh, look at all their social media. Uh, you know, good, good. So we're not we're not banning them. We're just doing increased scrutiny, right? Good for them. Good for them. And of course, I mean, how can I start the show without? I mean, I know we had the terrorist attack. We had the military strike in Syria. Got a Supreme Court justice, a new one, a new, you know, new Republican constitutionalist that, uh, you know, we finally got in office. Donald Trump pushed him through. But Don Rickles, Don Rickles passed away. He was 90 years old. Now, at first I thought that not a lot of people paid uh, any tributes to Don, but as I started doing some background on Don last night, I realized that many people did some great tributes to Don Rickles uh, yesterday, uh, and good for them. Uh, It is well-deserved, and uh, rest in peace, Don Rickles at 90 years old. Now, I spent the better part of an hour, hour and a half last night going through <laughs> going through all these Don Rickles clips. And we could spend the next three hours just playing Don Rickles. And those of you drinking coffee now, eating your eggs, going, oh, dear God, no, Jeff, don't do that. I won't. I'll play just a couple of clips uh, just to pay homage to the man. Um, I love the stories of how he got started. Uh, just being a comedian, and they, he said he was playing at a place in, uh, I think it was Philadelphia, and it was a striptease place, and they would uh, put six or seven comedians up on the stage, and they would all you know, take turns telling jokes, and he wasn't getting any laughs. And so uh, he saw some lady doing something in the audience, and he just ripped on her. Uh, and everybody laughed and had a good time, and he thought, ding! That might be a way to go. And, you know, for the better part of, what, 50, 60 years, he did that. And sure, he wanted to be this serious actor, and sure, he did TV shows and movies, yeah, but I mean, he's Don Rickles. So one of the favorites that you will enjoy was at the uh, President Reagan's uh, second inaugural address, second inaugural party. Uh, he performed there, and apparently he performed there because uh, Sinatra was the one who was instrumental in his career from almost the beginning, uh, Sinatra said, hey, uh, let Rickles, give Rickles five minutes, don't tell him what to say, he won't disappoint. And he didn't. Uh, he was introduced by the little black kid Webster. Uh, really funny. Uh, Webster introduced him, talked about a guy who, you know, would uh, insult even little kids like me. Rickles came up. Webster Still standing there with the mic that says, be funny, and hands him the mic. Uh, Of course, Don's reaction was, you know, (laughs) I should have actually grabbed that clip out of it, was the first black person I've ever met that's never going to play basketball. But then he also also did this bit, and it's funny who was all there. Uh, And, of course, he goes through the crowd. Remember when you were governor and you used to walk over to my table? <laughs> now you're big and you're getting on my nerves. I'll tell you this. Is he laughing? 
If you see Marines coming towards me, go in the glory, glory, hallelujah, and shoot Webster. Anyway, nice to see you, Secretary Schultz. What are you doing in town? Anyway, uh, he's sitting there like there's nothing going on. Get busy. Go over to the embassy, have a bucket of beluga. Anyway, uh, Cold War reference. Secretary of State's here. So you know. <laughs> and Billy Graham, nice to see you, sir. <laughs> this hand is bothering me. <laughs> Billy, okay. heal me. Tremendous. It could have been a pitcher if I've talked to this guy. It's Tremendous. great, though. I make fun of the president. Why not? I make fun of everybody in the world. That's America. Laughing, Charlton Heston. I'm a friend. It's over. I'll tell you this. <laughs> If you were Moses, I was a Mau Mau fighter pilot. He uses that line a lot because he was in World War II, by the way, just so you know. down with the Navy. Elizabeth Taylor was backstage in a Cleopatra outfit killing snakes. I'll tell you this. Oh, there. And Tom Selleck was under the shower going, look at this, the water runs up. I'll tell you this. Is this too fast, Sel Ronnie? <laughs> Is this too fast, Ronnie? <laughs> but... I mean, amazing uh, that they were all there for the party, uh, including Selleck, who, I mean, Tom is still doing well. And you think, I think Don Rickles, man, he is like the last of the breed, right? I mean, that group, he's got to be, that's got to be the end of the end of the, the era of the, of uh, the Sinatra gang, right? Got to be. I don't know if there's another one. Is there another one around yet? I don't know. I don't know. But. The last clip, uh, when he leaves uh, the inaugural, uh, when he leaves the stage for uh, President Reagan, uh, what he says uh, tells you a lot about who Don Rickles was. To you, our dear president, may God be good to you and yours for the coming four years and beyond that. You're a great gentleman and a great credit to the country. May he give you health, the almighty, and may you reign as long as you wish. God bless. Don Rickles, rest in peace at the age of 90. This is The Jeff Fisher Show On the Blaze Radio Network Two thousand and seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy. It is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The Jeff Fisher Show. One last, uh, one last little update on uh, Don Rickles. Uh, I would uh, wish the family um, or whoever is in charge uh, of the Don Rickles website. 
DonRickles.com. Uh, maybe a little update. I'm guessing Don isn't going to be performing in Las Vegas in February. He's not going to be performing uh, at the River Spirit Casino in November. Guessing. Just guessing that that isn't going to uh, <clears throat> isn't going to be happening. And I know it's been a couple of days. I got it. You know, the family is still still in shock. He was 90 and had kidney failure. You knew it was coming. Um, so maybe just update the website just a little bit. Just a little bit. And, I, you know, I wonder if the app is still up and running. Who knew Don Rickles had an app? Mr. Warmth app. I, I may have to... I may have to download it just to see if it was worthy of uh, of having it on the phone. It wouldn't be bad for a you know a ringtone. Answer the phone, dummy. Something, but please update the website, please, please, dear Lord, for all that is holy. Update the website. Okay, coming up uh, coming up next half hour, we're going to talk about a story that has. Uh, I, I saw the headline and I thought I knew it. I've been asking for this forever. And I'm not sure if it's life imitating art, art imitating life, or if they're just intertwined now. It doesn't doesn't matter. Um, but uh, it's definitely going to happen. I'll watch, and I'm betting so will you. And it'll be fun to watch. However, what I wanted is not what they're doing. And so, I mean, I guess they didn't call me. You know, maybe these people that are doing this particular show didn't listen to my show. <laughs> I know. I know it's a surprise, but uh, they're from Russia and probably, you know, probably had some internet issues, couldn't hook up to the show or anything. You know, they couldn't go to Riblaze.com slash radio and just download the show. It's too hard for them. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Okay, so I'm told that the the Pat and Stu promo is is uh, promoing my pigeon story because they they didn't believe me. Can you play that, please? Yeah, that'd be it'd be nice. I know I know it takes a while. Let's go to the promo section of the of the the system and it's PNS. Uh, you can look also go back and just copy, uh, hold down. Uh, Hold down uh, the left click on the promo that just aired on Next Gen. Just drag it down and play it. I don't know if you know how to. I mean, it's not that difficult. Let's go to the spot block and just aired. Anyway, uh, they didn't believe me about my pigeon days. But I remembered one of the things that we talked about on the air was I was trying to remember where I had been talking about pigeons recently. And then it came to me as I'm driving home uh, that evening that it was part of <laughs> it wasn't new people raising pigeons at all. It was the Walking Dead, uh, Talking Walking Dead podcast uh, that you can download uh, the blaze.com slash radio, uh, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, we discussed the possibility of the garbage pail people uh, raising pigeons or Negan raising pigeons, and that's how his little the little birdie told me uh, his information. But so that's you know got me thinking about raising pigeons, which then brought up the 
pigeon story. See, they got mad at me because I, I, I did a story that everybody knew was fake, and I just did it for fun, and they got mad at me. And then we ended up talking about, and I know it's a surprise that uh, Pat and Stu would, you know, be upset with the story that I would do. Uh, most people, along with myself, don't like them. But go ahead. Uh, plus, you know, I want to hear the promo. Don't miss Pat and Stu. There's a new pigeon story out there, actually. <laughs> There's a new pigeon story out there. Uh, I couldn't remember what it was. The story you're referring to is the, the squirrel. What is going on? Is the squirrel Someone story. just told me a yeah, pigeon story yeah, the other day. Why would you say that on national television? Because I remember the pigeons. Uh, you know, I, I used to raise yes, pigeons I with did. an old man once. You're mixing yourself up with a movie you saw once. <laughs> Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, yeah, we know it airs 5 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Huh. Ah, we got it. And you can watch it live on Blaze Television, noon to 2. <clears throat> okay, when I was a little kid, there was a guy who lived down the street from us, old man Wallace. He used to work for the railroad. He's retired. He loved, he loved me. It wasn't anything to do with what you think in today's world, okay? No, it wasn't. And we used to, next door to his house, we would always be playing baseball, football, whatever sports. He was a big sports guy. And so I ended up talking to him as he was sitting out on his porch. Now, he was in World War I, and what he did in World War I was take care of the pigeons, and that's how they communicated during World War One, So he still had his pigeons up in his garage. And so we had to go up and clean the cages out. I may have called them nests on the television program. We had to clean that all. And he also owned some horses. And I used to go to the fairgrounds and clean out the horse stalls. That's how I made money as an 11, 12-year-old kid. I remember going to my dad saying, Mr. Wallace wants to know if I can go to the fairgrounds and clean out the horse stalls, and he's going to pay me. My dad looked at me like, are you dumb? <laughs> of course you're going to be doing that. <laughs> I don't care how many horse stalls you have to clean up for money. You're, you're, you're 12 years old. You're going to be going making money. Get out. In fact, go start now. That might have had more to do with him just wanting me out of the house. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's where the pigeon thing was. And then, you know, of course, we'll be talking. We can talk a little bit about the pigeons again tonight as we have a special Talking Walking Dead broadcast tonight, 9 to midnight. Uh, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, the usual podcast gang, Jason Butcherill, Brad Staggs, Sean Foster. We've got a couple guests scheduled. We'll be talking, covering uh, covering Walking Dead, beginning to end, uh, where we're at now at the end of Season 7. And we're just having a little fun, talking a little bit uh, Walking Dead. So we're gonna be, uh, I know what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking Walking Dead. And uh, so join us. It'll be fun. And then we're also going to give you a Facebook Live uh, at the top of the hours, uh, so you get a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on here at uh, the Blaze Radio Network during our Talking Walking Dead broadcast. And we've got—I've got all my little trinkets. I'll have set up. I've got—I've uh, got Lucille uh, ready to bring out. I've got my—I've got all the nice little trinkets. And of course, you know, if you want to party with us, you can just—you know—go to jeffyfisher.com, J-E-F-F-Y-F-I-S-H-E-R.com, and get yourself a Talking Walking Dead T-shirt and. Party right along. And who knows? Who knows? We may. We may give away a couple of those T-shirts tonight. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So for years, I have been a proponent of taking prisoners 
and blocking off a, a huge chunk of land and letting them fight it out. You know, real-life Hunger Games kind of thing. And so, you know, then the Hunger Games came out, and it was, I mean, great, right? I mean, all of them were really good. I know some of them were a little sad, but, you know, you enjoyed you enjoyed the the, the whole process of the Hunger Games. And while my Hunger Games may not have involved Jennifer Lawrence, uh, they did, and which made theirs worth watching. Um, however, and, and, and people, you're crazy, you're going to be doing that. You put in a couple of double fans. You film it all. People will watch it. You know they will. You put prisoners out there, or you put them on an island, whatever you want to do, someplace where they can't get away, and the winner walks away. The winner walks away. they got to get off the island, right? And so much time. Well, adventures, here you go. Real-life Russian Hunger Games called Game 2. According to the Siberian Times, and who doesn't? I mean, seriously, the Siberian Times, I'd subscribe. I don't want to miss a word from the Siberian Times. 15 men and 15 women will try to survive on a Russian island through the winter to win $1.7 million. I don't know if it's worth a million, but it might be for some of you. Temperatures during that time gets as low as minus 58 degrees, and the area is crawling with brown bears. Contestants will be giving a knife. Warm pair of clothes. I mean, why don't we just give them a house? At the beginning of filming, ah, there we go. Now you know you're going to be watching it. You know you will. You can choose from survival gear. Uh, they give you some stuff to choose from. And uh, you'll be on your own for a shelter, food, and what kind of safety you have. Well, now the organizers say, hey, we're going to have a ground team on duty. We'll have a helicopter for emergencies. Um, I'm trying to think where that local hospital is in Siberia, but yeah, probably right around the corner. Uh, they say they won't always be able to get there in time, however. Oh, no. Uh, there are no rules regarding murder, sex, or fighting. Now, they, in this story, they say, but contestants could face charges uh, should the Russian police choose to pursue. So let me get this right. If I win and I've killed a couple of people doing it, do the Russian police let me walk away and give me $1.7 million, or do they arrest me? I wonder what will happen. wonder what will happen. Anyway, ah, they're going to let you walk away. Those who are alive at the end of nine, nine months... Holy cow. Nine months? Some of the contestants from around the world include a real estate agent, an economist, a professional. This is is not a real story. This disappoints me. A professional blonde. Come on now. Not a real story. Jeff, it's from the Siberian Times. I know. That's what I mean. A swimming coach. Student, a sportsman, an actress, a security officer, and an Air Force vet. That's not a real story. This is very disappointing. I want this to be real. I want this to be real. 15 men, 15 women. I mean, when you get, when you get a real estate agent, a security officer, and a professional blonde together, you can throw out all the rules. You can throw out all the rules. Come on. 
way this is real. Nine months, 1.7 million. Although if it was a fake story, they'd probably say like five or six million, right? Because one point seven million doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a lot of money. Oh, what are you, some kind of rich guy? No, but one point seven million dollars. I mean, for what you'd have to do to get it, seems a little low in today's world. A little low. You're not you're not living the rest of your life in uh, you know drinking hotty. Drinking little, you know, your little hotty toddies uh, all, all all day for one point seven million. I mean, you have to actually live on ten bucks a week. <laughs> you got a knife, a pair of warm clothes, and at the beginning of filming, you can choose from survival gear. You're on your own for shelter, food, and safety. I mean, it doesn't talk about how they're going to track them. They got to be able to track them, right? You got to have the Hunger Games. You got to have the. You got to have the track in. You got to be able to. I'm telling you, if you do this, if even if this isn't real, this should be. Because, you don't need to create. Like obviously, we don't have the Hunger Games where we're going to create. Let's create a, a giant herd of wild animals that nobody's ever seen before, so they can fight them. That's you know, not going to happen. But you could follow them, right? Uh, you've got GPS tracking. We can look at, uh, you know, we can look down from uh, from uh, cameras and we can follow bodies running around on the island. We have it all care. I mean, it'd be tremendous. Tell me you wouldn't watch. Raise your hand if you wouldn't watch. That's what I thought. Of course you would. I mean, Netflix should, this is a Netflix show. We can't condone murder. We tell them don't, you can't murder. Only if you want to win. Then, you know, something happens by accident. I mean, if you're protecting your own life, hello, right? So, this ticks me off, though, that it's not real. Why do you think it's not? Some of the contestants from around the world include a real estate agent. An economist, a professional blonde, stop it, a swimming coach, students, a sportsman, an actress, a security office officer, and an Air Force veteran. Sad. Man, I wanted this to be real. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Okay, so I, I go to the website, theblaze.com, and I uh, I click on the video, the 37-second 37, the 37 video of the real-life Hunger Games. Now, as we go through it here, it talks about they're creating a real-life Hunger Games to be broadcast online in July. They show me 15 men, 15 women, fight for $1.7 million in months in the Siberian winter with a picture of a brown bear. And then they get to the contestants. Contestants range from military veterans to businessmen to an actress. They don't mention the professional blonde. However, they do show a blonde female. They show a brunette female 
that looks more like a professional blonde than the blonde does. And they show some survivalist guy. So, I mean, it is possible that, uh, you know, it's real. The real life Hunger Games, the uh, the game to winter. Now, it almost to be honest, it's either I mean, I will finish the video. No rules exist against physical violence, but Russian police could charge them once the show's over. Yeah, we got that. All right, we're going on. We'll show the picture of, uh, you know, Russian military. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, and here we go. Presenters announce. Uh, here's this kind of presenters announce tips for survival over loudspeakers around the five square mile island. I mean, I would rip those loudspeakers down first chance I got, but that's just me, Mr. Survivalist. And they will announce competitions in which contestants can win prizes from sponsors. That's kind of Hunger Gamish. Now, I would say, all right, keep going. And at the very end, they show a little, you know, a little cabin, a log cabin, a survival log cabin. Uh, Is this all a hoax? Do you think it could be real? Okay, come on. You know, of course, what I think now is that the actual game of real human beings are not real. This is either A, a movie, but I don't think so. I think it's probably, uh, I think it's probably got to be a video game, right? I think it's got to be a video game. A game to winter. Okay. And you're out surviving, you got to survive uh, in, the, in the wilderness of Siberia. And they, you know, they, you win prizes and you move on. But I want it to be real life human beings. Now we should do this with uh, we've got the we've got the eight people in Arkansas the eight death row inmates that are we, you know we're going to juice them anyway. We send them out, give them a chance to fight back and win. Fence them in, give them cameras, everything, the whole kit and caboodle. We film it, we view it, and call it what you want. I don't know what you what you. I mean, the real yeah, you can't tie it in with Hunger Games because then they're going to want money. And I'm, you know they've made enough money off those damn movies. Why do they need to make more money off of my idea? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, we'll see about the real-life Russian Hunger Games. Game 2, Winter. Very disappointing. Very disappointing. And it's not an April Fool's. I mean, the Blaze printed it on the the 5th. So, I guess maybe, you know, maybe that's April 1st, uh, Siberian Times date. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see if my subscription had run out because I don't remember getting my April 1st Siberian Times email. I need to re-up my subscription. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. How in the world are you? Thank you for coming along for the ride today. We appreciate it. On the Blaze Radio Network, this is the Jeff Fisher Show. Coming up immediately following this broadcast, uh, Lawrence Jones. And then uh, Mike Slater, 
And then you might be fortunate enough to hear Joe Peggs this weekend. You might. Maybe. But for sure, you're going to hear the special broadcast of Talking Walking Dead from 9 to midnight right here on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And we, I don't know about you, but we're going to have, you know, food and drink and camaraderie between coworkers. We'll all bring it to you on the radio and on Facebook Live. So, you want to talk about party. All right. So, I was sent a tweet. Yes, a tweet from a Jeff Jenkins who... Twitter handle is at Jeffy Like Pizza. Huh. Creative, Jeff. However, in that tweet, uh, he has pictures of pills that you could take to become something other than you are now. But it always comes with the catch. So what if you could take a pill and you could fly, but you could only eat bird food? Would you do it? Time travel. Can visit each time once only. Would you do it? Invisibility. As long as you can hold your breath. You're practicing holding your breath, man. Would you do it? Would you take the pill? Healing. All right? Each time you heal, the disease that you heal from goes to someone, someone else. Randomly, just goes to someone else. Would you take that pill? So you're okay. But whatever was wrong with you goes to someone else. Would you do it? Freeze time. Age faster when time stops. Would you do it? Eat that pill? I don't think I would eat that one. Immortality. You take the pill, has to eat a dead man's heart. I might do that without even the pill. Yeah, it doesn't say. It doesn't say it has to be raw. It just says you have to eat a dead man's heart. I mean, fry that bad boy up. Mushrooms, a little butter. For immortality, I am cooking a dead man's heart. Would you do it? I mean, the trade-off is... Always the problem, right? Obviously, you want to be able to be great to heal, right? You never get sick. But at what point do you feel bad, if at all, that you made someone else sick? I mean, kind of tough. And you know, I mean, obviously, you, you're you're already stepped into the twilight zone. The person you're making sick is going to be the person closest to you because it's at random, right? So you're you healed you healed to be in love, 
but the person that you're in love with has got your disease now. Uh, I mean, it writes itself. Now you can fly, but only eat bird food? I don't know. That might be a good trade-off. A, you're going to lose a little weight, right? It's rare you see a fat bird that just eats bird food and flies around. You do see it. But mostly those are the ones that are, you know, caged up and, you know, the obese birds. <laughs> uh, that's the new, uh, that's the new show, Obese Birds. You know, speaking of obese birds. So I'm, I've been kind of hooked. I've been forced on watching The 600-Pound Man, or My 600-Pound Life is the name of the show. But I'm, I'm focused on this one family now, this uh, uh, Assange family. And I cannot get this guy out of my head. He is such a, such a bastard. And I haven't seen the final episode yet. The Assange Brothers Part 2 or... There was one, there was part one, and then there was part one B, and now I got to wait for, I don't know where number two is. I think it's, I think it's on the DVR. I don't know. But I haven't seen the finish of it. I don't know what happens. I don't know if the doc wins. I don't know if he gives up. I don't know if he dies. I don't know if he becomes a good guy and loses 800 pounds. I don't know. When I left him, he had called 911 on his own so they could go to the emergency room and get more painkillers. I mean... Anyway, I digress a little bit to the. So, if you've seen My 600 Pound Life and the Assange Brothers Part 2, I want to know. Call me. I don't want to watch it. I want you to just tell me so I don't have to watch it. 888 900 3393. But, you know, maybe you haven't. I, I will catch it sooner or later. I have to find out what happened to the Dingleberry Assange Brothers. And what kills me about these shows, and specifically this one, is they everyone has their enabler. The person that feeds them. The Assange brothers, it's their dad. And the dad, this the Stephen, right? Stephen is the the bastard, yeah. He just berates him. And screams and hollers and whines and cries. And he's been doing it for so long. I mean, he's been doing it for 700 pounds. And finally, I mean, the dad, I mean, finally, after a while, the dad just gives in. And now the dad has been so beaten down. He just, he doesn't, I mean, one, one twinge of wine. And the dad here, just, just take the card. I mean, at one point, Stephen's living in Houston. The dad's moved back to Rhode Island with the brother. And he's calling his dad to order him pizza in Rhode Island to be delivered in Houston. Which I've, you know, God bless America, first of all, that you can live anywhere and order pizza for anyone anywhere. But he can't even tell him no there. It's like he just keeps calling me, turn your phone off. I mean, he he can't even say no then. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, most of the time, you'd think, 
Well, you know, you're 650 pounds. If Billy doesn't get you your 12 tacos, two two liters of Coca-Cola, and five bean and cheese burritos for lunch, you're pretty much screwed. Because you can barely waddle out of that bed. Most of them at 600, most of them are still kind of mobile. I mean, it's a, it's a feat. Two feet. Thank you. Be here all week. But it's they're still kind of mobile. Uh, you, when you, by the time you get to seven, seven fifty, eight hundred pounds, you're pushing to be not mobile at all. You're pretty much just laying in bed, wishing somebody to hose you off and feed you. I just want to be hosed off and fed chickens. Okay. Bring me food. I can't. I hate you. Bring me food. Just close the door. Let him scream. Anyway, all that from the bird pill. Eat the eat the pill. You can fly, but. You have to only eat bird food. I, I may uh, 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 that would do some thinking. I might have to do that. I may have to do that. Time travel uh, that'd be kind of cool, but you'd visit someplace really cool, and then you'd want to go back, and you couldn't, right? Of course, you could go like maybe next door, right? So if you went someplace cool, like you went to, well, it might not exist at that time, right? So if you if, now, if I go to Dallas. In today's world, and then that's my one time I could go to, you know, Fort Worth tomorrow and just walk over to Dallas. But in time travel, it may not be a Fort Worth. Uh, we don't know where that is. We're not going anywhere. Staying right here. Super strength. Ooh, I miss super strength. Would you take the pill for super strength? However, if you take the pill for super strength. You cry while you're fighting. You're over-emotional. <laughs> Would you do it? I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> oh, I'm going to kick these people's butt, but I'm going to cry during the whole time. Pretty funny. Invisible. Invisibility, man. That is a big one. Everybody wants to be able to be invisible. But... You can only do it for as long as you hold your breath. Oof. I'm thinking that's that puts you in a tough spot. Especially if you used it for what some people would use it for, not me, but so what some people would use it for. Man, if you all of a sudden whew, had to breathe and then then you're visible, whew, that's a that's a problem. Immortality, by just uh, all you, it doesn't say all you can eat. It just says immortality has to eat dead man's heart. So if that's just take the pill, and then I can live forever, and all I have to do is just eat one. I bet it's it's like that's all you can eat is dead people's hearts, right? Yeah, you can live forever, but you can't eat anything else. 
I mean, that's a good weight loss program. By the time you're, you know, a couple thousand years old, you're fit as a fiddle. I'm sure dead people's hearts are so good for you. Oh, my gosh. But I, I, that, 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 that's worth thinking about, too. That is. Persuasion. I'm not sure I understand. Persuasion can only take the persuasion pill. You can persuade one person per day. Last five minutes and five minutes to recharge. That's, I mean, that's just stupid. Why would, I mean, if you're going to take the persuasion pill, I should be able to persuade people, maybe even only just one a day, but I can persuade them for as long as I want. Once you're persuaded, you're persuaded. That's it. And the healing one is pretty fascinating, too, because that'd be, you'd really have to care about other people not to take that, right? Be, whatever's wrong with you, you get healed. No problem. But little Susie down the street is the one that gets your sickness. Got to be able to put up with that one, man. That's a tough one. Or, you know, I know Ray Kurzweil. I was just reading some stuff uh, from Ray Kurzweil about immortality and how they're trying to uh, reverse uh, aging by repairing damaged DNA. And the scientists are reversing age already in mice by repairing their DNA. So they're close to human trials. I mean... If we're not going to be inside a computer, we might as well live forever, right? 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 This yeah. is the Jeff Fisher yeah. Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show is on. Okay, so apparently, sad news, too, sad news. It looks as though the uh, reality show is just, you know, not real. I'm, I'm really bummed. I want that to be real. Why can't it be real? So what? You sign a waiver, you say, if I get killed, it's okay. Are you going to arrest somebody for killing me because it's a TV show? I mean, come on. Come on. There's got to be some country somewhere that will let that slide. I don't know that you want to do it in Syria, though. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you say, <laughs> Bashir, we'll give you, you know, a little bit of cash. He's got enough cash. He doesn't need to reality show. <laughs> Don't bomb there. There's a reality show going on. Hey, ISIS. Hey, Christians. Don't go over there. They're filming a reality show. So this is something that I saw that is not fake news. And I am so ready to purchase one. I cannot tell you. And if they want to give me one to promote, I will promote this till the end of time. The Tranquility Pod. It uses pleasant sound, gentle vibration, soothing light 
to transport the body, mind, and spirit to a tranquil state of relaxation. And maybe you even lose some weight. Huh? Whole body vibration may be as effective as regular exercise. Come on! I want the Tranquility Pod now. If you're overweight and find it challenging to exercise regularly, good news. The less strenuous form of exercise known as whole body vibration, a WBV, can mimic the muscle and bone health benefits of regular exercise, at least in mice, according to the new study published in the Endocrine Society's journal, Endocrinology, yeah, we know, you know that journal that you get. You know that journal that you get to be mailed to your house. Lack of exercise contributing to obesity and diabetes epidemic. These disorders can also increase the risk of bone fractures. See? Bad for you not to do exercise and stuff. Physical activity can help to decrease this risk and reduce the negative metabolic effects of these conditions. I know. I mean, we all know that. But WBV, you know, whole body vibration, can be experienced while sitting, standing, or even lying down on a machine with a vibrating platform. When the machine vibrates, it transmits energy to your body and your muscles. Then your muscles contract and relax multiple times during each second. Our study is the first to show that whole body vibration may be just as effective as exercise. And at combating some of the negative consequences of obesity and diabetes. Now, of course, we need a little bit more study. Always. I mean, come on. Can we just say that this is for real? Now, apparently, it did not fully address the defects in bone mass or of the obese mice in the study. Uh, it did increase, you know, bone formation, suggesting longer-term treatments could hold promise for bone loss. But, okay, that's enough study for me. I want the, I believe that is 100% true. Whole body vibration. I want the tranquility pod. And look, it's only 30 grand. So, I mean, I'm willing to advertise for you. I'm willing to advertise for you and remind people that $30,000 ain't what it used to be. Okay? So, get it today. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Sure. We won't. All right. Those of you that are looking for work, and I, I know, you know, there's a lot of people still looking for work out there. Um, volunteers uh, willing to lie in bed for two months for about $16,000. Willing to lie on their backs and do absolutely nothing for two months. Huh? 
spend 60 days flat on their back. The study is going to affect microgravity, state of virtual weightlessness. Nice. You're going to go undergo a battery of tests, of course, for two weeks before spending the next two months in bed. The idea is of the study is to reproduce the weightlessness of the International Space Station. During the first two weeks, scientists will do a whole series of tests and measurements on the volunteers. 60-day period during which they must remain in bed, the head slightly inclined downwards at less than 6 degrees. In certain conditions, the cardiovascular system is affected and is not capable of making the same effort as before the experiment. We've even seen a greater tendency of drops in blood pressure and vertigo. So, but to lay two months, 16 grand, worth it? Well, I would say yes, it is. However, uh -uh. wanted young, fit, and healthy men. Now, come on. Young, fit, healthy men don't want to lay down for two months. That's just not fair. Right? They want to, they've got to be healthy. 24 successful candidates, fit and sporty males aged 20 to 45 who do not smoke, have no allergies, and boast maximum body mass index of between 22 and 27. Okay. A. Anyone who wants to lay lay down for two months and is fit and sporty, 20 to 45, who doesn't smoke, have no allergies, and boasts a maximum body mass index of between 22 and 27, doesn't want to lay down for two months, head inclined or not. So let's rethink that study. Okay? I got it. You know, I... I probably won't be the one going to the space station, but you can still use me for the study. Right? Of course you can. So, it's nice living in Texas, and we've got, I've got a tremendous amount of goofy stories, some real, actually, <laughs> that happened here in Texas. But I spent many years in Florida, and I found that Florida is actually probably the leading state of stupidity, of weirdness, of just overall weird people and events. And so I've asked uh, my friend ChuckInFlorida.com to remind us each week of that just weird stupidity of Florida. ChuckInFlorida.com. Hello. Greetings, Jeffy, from Florida, where I'm feeling fit and sporty. That's wonderful. Are you prepared to undergo some thorough testing and then lay down for two months? I don't know that I could do a full two months, to be honest with you. I can't sleep six hours in a row anymore without feeling uh, fidgety. So, you know, it's thanks for calling, with Grandpa. Age, you require yeah, less th- sleep. Thanks for calling, Grandpa. We appreciate it. Yeah, I hope you're feeling fine tomorrow. <laughs> I'll just get up and sit in the chair. <laughs> I can't get out of my chair without that lift gate. <laughs> I, I need one of those bad. Anyway, the, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a so genius true, advice. So true. I, I saw that, that recliner that pushes you up out of oh, the chair in the standing now. position. It's like, yeah, that's where I'm headed. Come that's on what now. I want right there. <laughs> I know. I do want the uh, tranquility pod, though. That does sound amazing. Oh, my God. I know. I could lay on the tranquility pod. I'm reminded that the tranquility pod is just kind of like a 
$30,000 vibrator bed. <laughs> so they used, used to, to put a quarter in those. That's right. Hotels used to remember have those that? forever. <laughs> no, Chuck, I don't remember that. I don't know what you're talking about. Come what on, you're others, older than Methuselah. You what, what other stories about. <laughs> do you have for us this week? Right. All right, so woman is arrested for making her 14-year-old, uh, I'm sorry, not her son, but her boyfriend's son, drive her to the Waffle House. That's tremendous. What's wrong drunk. with that? I mean, what's wrong with this picture? There's nothing wrong with a lady asking a 14-year-old to give her a ride because, you know, she's had a little bit too Is much. Is she supposed I mean, to drive was, herself? That was pretty responsible Is of her, right? I think so, actually. I, I According mean to the police, Tara Virgin said she had five drinks and was too drunk to drive when she and the 14-year-old boy were pulled over near the intersection of Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa uh, Sunday night at 11.15. I mean, Wait, perfect what time was to her go name? to the Waffle House, right? Wait, what was her name? Uh, Tara Virgin. This could not be a real story. <laughs> I knew you were going to catch that. This could not be a real story. <laughs> Moving well, on. I, I, can, I no, can't take these fake stories. In the car. That this whole damn fake news much, world. You know? It's a fake news world. Yeah, Every damn story. Game. You can't. I can't even have a a Russian Hunger Game story without it being fake. <laughs> the hell is going on? Well, and now listen, you, you, and and you're giving me fake you, so stories. I can prove my stories, man. You're giving me fake you know? stories from Florida. Come on, right? <laughs> I got it. I feel sorry for her. She let. She's drunk. She doesn't want. She needs food. She's got the only person that's that's sober is the fourteen year old. Drive me to Waffle House. I got it. it right. But it's I, not I don't real. Really it, but apparently, Tampa police didn't look too kindly on the open beer in the car either. So not real. Yeah. Not uh, a real all right, story. I'll, I'll give you one that is real because this is documented all over Twitter. All right. Here's another oh, one. It's got to be real. The Twitter what? story must be real because fake Miami Dolphins player scams women into sleeping with him for three years and gets caught. Because he's basically a, a dumb idiot. Uh, the guy <laughs> the guy tried out for the Combine one year, uh, I guess um, about two or three years ago. He's he's in the open Combine, and, and he had a bad hamstring, and he just didn't cut the mustard. So they said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Miami Dolphins said that um, that's the only connection they ever had with this guy. But apparently he was really good at taking a bunch of photos while he was there. And he used them for three years to post stories faking that he had made the team. Had him signing a contract. Of course, it really wasn't his photo. Had him wearing a uniform. Of course, it was kind of blurry, so it really didn't look like him. But he managed to get people to sell him cars that he couldn't afford. Uh, go down and, and get free meals from people. And best of all, love this guy. he scammed women in nightclubs every week to sleep with him. I love this guy. <laughs> but I'm best. You know what? It's not real. You don't think? Not real. There's not, he, a, there's not a story a real. Social media accounts. But, I mean, he, he did leave one open that they found. It had all of his photos and the doctored retouch uh, ID that he had and all that fun stuff. So, I don't know. I want a real story, real. Chuck. That's not real. All right. Here it is. Florida man steals public sausage and jumps off the bridge to avoid arrest. I don't even know if this story is real. Kidding David me? Randall Bertram, 41, detained in Fort Walton Beach after police say that he stole $10.38 worth of summer sausage from Publix and then ran out the door. Okay. Uh, police gave chase. He ran through the neighborhood. He crossed police four lanes Police don't chase people traffic. for stealing sausages. Fake story. <laughs> $10. This is the first thing that crossed my mind. It's like, 
Really? You're going to chase the no, guy they don't. through a they, they highway won't. full of traffic? They won't. I mean, even Fort Walton Beach. I mean, they've, they've got better things to do than chase a guy that steals a sausage from Publix. I worked for a number eight. of years at a grocery store, <laughs> exactly. and trust me, I know. They don't, they they don't, don't do it. They're not going to chase you for sausage. You. I mean, first of all, he, he looked homeless. He's skinny. Fake story. I want a real story. Sausage. Let him have it. He jumps off the bridge. The cl- police catch him at the bottom. Still they tased him twice. Before oh, they now they brought, you even brought in a ta- fake story. I'm I'm wondering if he was any relation to Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. Just crossed my mind, that's all. Moving on, Florida man taunts the police with a good luck message on social media. Again, kids, stay in school. This is why people become criminals. They're stupid. The man posts a, a f- photo on social media after not only did he jump bail and he didn't appear to court, he goes online and he says, yeah, I'm not going back to prison this time. I dare you to try and catch me. And is, sure that, the enough, guy, is that the guy in the car? Uh, he was a passenger in the car oh, no, when they pulled him guy. over. It wasn't even like his car. He, I guess it was just dumb luck that they found this guy <laughs> No, there was I, there was a story that uh, where a guy had been taunting police by, uh, you know, tagging their Facebook pages and stuff, where he was saying, "You're never going to catch me," but I don't know that it's this one. So I don't I'm think just, that was a Florida story. I do remember something about that, and it, and it was one of the qualifiers is that it has to be in Florida for me, obviously, you know. Yes, I, but, I understand, but you, since you're bringing I, me fake stories that aren't even real, I figured, what the <laughs> hell? At least there's a real story in another state you could bring me. I'm sorry. I'll do it next time. Uh, I'll make my own fake stories. How's that? Does that work better for you? (laughs) Yes. Now we're talking about something. Yes. All right. Anything else? Florida man breaks through the police bathroom ceiling to escape his imprisonment. I I, I may actually believe that one. They have photos of this one. It looks pretty real. And if you've ever been to Kohl's, Kohl's department store, you know that they have like that it, it looks like a gauntlet for the register system. You can't get near their doors unless you go through their gauntlet. <laughs> and this guy walks out with like a cartload of stuff. He's got a, a vacuum cleaner. You know, he's got accessories. He's got a big speaker. And oops, I forgot to pay for it. So they just kind of, you know, pick him up in the parking lot as he's loading his car and say, yeah, I'm sorry. We're taking you to jail. And he says, I've really got to go potty. They take him into the bathroom. And, and for, for whatever reason, this is where the story goes south. The department's policy requires an officer to go into the bathroom with a prisoner. But it's unclear why no one did it in this case. So the guy had enough time to break through the, the drywall in the ceiling and climb into the ductwork over the ceiling and walk out the front door. I thought it was fake, but they got this guy this, down to the rights here. They, they picked is, him up uh, picked him up later because they had a 911 call. He was breaking into somebody's garage. Chalkinflorida.com, thank you. I appreciate you bringing me every fake story that you had today was fake. Every story. Absolutely my pleasure, sir. I mean, I appreciate it, but I really would like some real Florida weird news stories from Chalkinflorida.com instead of all this damn fake news. Tired of all these. Fake news stories. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
is the Jeff Fisher Show. I get the bang on the table like this because we're under construction. Pardon our dust, but we're moving. Uh, it's under construction, so we've got the whole thing going on. Otherwise, we're going to end the show. I mean, we cannot end this hour with a real story. Uh, it's been a fake news hour. So we're going to continue with our fake news hour and end it with a South Dakota man. Gets a $190 fine for a snake without a leash. A man who is fine for allowing his pet snake to slither freely in a South Dakota park. Said an animal control officer suggested he use a leash to restrain the reptile. Jerry Kimball said he was initially uh, surprised and thought the recommendation was a joke because it was April Fool's Day when he was fine. It's setting up for you. It's, it's a fake story. He's already telling you it was on April Fool's Day and ticketed me for animals running at large. The line that I think could quite possibly be my favorite out of this fake news story is he was literally asking me to put a rope around my snake. There's no way this is real. It's not. It's not real. He was approached by the officer after a woman complained that his fire bee ball python was roaming freely at Falls Park in Sioux Falls. Stop it. Animal Control Supervisor Julie DeJong said a city ordinance requires all pets to be leashed or restrained in public. She said pet snakes can be held or kept in a container to comply. If it's in public and it's not on a leash, it's at large. The ordinance doesn't really distinguish between animals, she said. DeJong added that snake lovers should be more sensitive to the aversion many people feel toward the animal. While non-venomous snakes are legal to own, Not all park visitors will welcome a python in the park. Kimball said he considers it's his mission to rid the public's fear of snakes. That's my purpose in life, to let people know that snakes aren't killers. What better way to give back than to help people understand these misunderstood creatures? He plans on fighting the ticket in court. Do you? I would say, um, look, if you really believe that your purpose in life is to let people know that snakes aren't killers, wouldn't you be the one that would put a leash on your snake so that you could walk around and have your little snakey poo slithering on the ground next to you. And so people would realize, oh my gosh, what is that, a, a python? Why, yes. Yes, it is. It's my fire bee ball python. It's not harmful. Here, pet. Other than being upset over your animal at large and realizing that you got the $190 ticket. Okay, this is another fake story. Just another fake story in America. The world is full of them right now. However, the line, he was literally asking me to put a rope around my snake. I mean, fake or not, that's a good line. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
experiment was a success. Begin Life Force reboot program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. And uh, Instagram is at JeffyMRA. This is the Blaze Radio Network and the Jeff Fisher Radio Program. The show uh, immediately before this show, the Michael Pelka Show, you know, well, he's on. Six to nine. And then uh, after this show is Lawrence Jones. Mike Slater, Joe Pags, and the very special Talking Walking Dead tonight, this evening on the Blaze Radio Network, 9 to midnight, with myself, Jason Buttrell, Brad Staggs, Sean Foster, and uh, the rest, a host of Talking Walking Dead people. We'll be live on the air from 9 to midnight, and then we're going to be broadcasting Facebook Lives at the top of the hour. We've got little trinkets and fun and games, and oh, man frivolity will ensue. You know, ever so often, these stories kick up that I read and I go, why is that such a problem? Why is that such a problem? So, a second grader gets short on lunch money, maybe even below. I mean, if, you're, if you've ever had a child go to public school, and I have, not for a long time, um, they have to have a way of telling you, hey, pay your kid's bill. So, Phoenix Elementary School sent home a message stamped on the wrist of a kid. Reminder stamps, low lunch money accounts. When Tara Chavez picked up her second grade son from Desert Cove Elementary, he showed her the bad news. Short money for his lunch. Chavez's son got a stark reminder from the cafeteria stamped on the inside of his wrist in thick black capital letters. Lunch money. I asked if he was given a choice by the lunch lady. No, she just grabbed my wrist and put the stamp on. I'm surprised because she usually gets a slip in his folder when he needs more money. Maybe last time when the slip was sent, you didn't pay. Maybe last time when the slip was sent, little Sonny dropped the reminder slip. Oh, my God. And if you look at the poster, if you look at the picture of the boy with the lunch money stamp on his arm, it is horrible. It's a stamp of washable ink on his inside of his wrist. How could you get through a day 
I'll wait a half a day unless lunch is served an hour into school, which wouldn't surprise me at a public school. Like y'all couldn't send a note? Y'all couldn't think for two seconds about the numerous references of branding someone has a stigma? Really? Chavez said her son told her he was given a lunch despite the stamp. What? She checked his account online. There were still 75 cents remaining in it. Okay. So it's time to pay up. He was screaming and crying the entire time. He was humiliated. Didn't even want me to take a picture of it. Look, the look at the horrific stamp. There's a smiley face and it says I need lunch money. Oh my, the horror. The horror. I mean, I don't know really. I I, I don't I, I do kind of understand, kind of. There's not a kid in the world. I'm sorry. If your son is being made fun of because of lunch money needed stamp, I'm guessing the kid's being made fun of anyway for for just about everything. Because he's probably not the only one, right? Everybody gets a little stamp lunch money. That reminds you to, you go home, you wash it off. That's the end of it. I'm really, I'm just baffled. It's not branding. It's not, I I just, I'm confused. And, and, And I, I guess... I'm supposed to be upset about it? I guess I'm supposed to be the horrors of putting a rubber stamp on a child's inner arm to remind them and their parents to pay the lunch bill. I guess I'm supposed to be upset with that, but I'm not. In fact, as a parent, I kind of would think you would like it. Um... Instead of having to continue to maybe go online, see if you owe money, wait for the bill to come, mail through the mail, you go through the line, you get your lunch. Little Billy gets his lunch. They look it up. Hey, Billy, you need, you're getting short on lunch money. Stamp. Get in the car on the way home. Oh, look at the stamp. Oh, you need lunch money. I guess I need to pay the bill. Put some money in the account. I don't, I really, I don't, I don't get, I, I really don't, I don't understand. If all these different children are getting a stamp and five of them in a day have a need lunch money stamp, how is that derogatory? How is it bad? How, I, I guess I'm supposed to be upset about it. And I'm supposed to say that, you know, branding is bad and how dare the school and what are they thinking? And don't you know that my son was, your son was crying because you were pissed. You were upset. Not the kid. Now, maybe your kid was upset. Maybe he, she was. 
and here's a way to, I don't know, how would I solve that? How would I solve that? Oh, I know. Get over it. It's a stamp. We'll wash it off when we get home. And here's a better idea. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if it would be possible for that child to go to the restroom after lunch and wash it off himself. Oh, what? Oh, could you do that? Oh, that's right. It's a, it's it's like a tattoo. It never comes off. It's ink from a stamp. Warm water, warm soapy water. That's all you need. So anyway, I, I just don't. I, I I'm really confused at what I'm supposed to be angry about anymore. Because everybody's angry about everything, and it just never ever ends. And I'm not sure when it, if it will end ever of what we were supposed to be upset about because it looks like everyone is upset about everything all the time. And it's okay for your free speech and your free thoughts to be all good and tied up as long as it's warm Cuddly, safe spots. Because if you looked at something wrong, you looked at someone sideways, you said something that was slightly inappropriate. You said something that somebody's feelings were hurt. Other people are going to be really, really mad. And it's going to be the end of times. Guess what? It's not going to be the end of times. You can be mad all you want, but it's not going to be the end of times. And just because your feelings were hurt, sorry. Sorry. We've all had our feelings hurt. Um, Here's an idea. Move on. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. So big trouble in uh, the world of Pepsi. Uh, First, uh, Nivea had to pull their ad off slammed for racial insensitivity. Oh no. Oh no. White is purity. Oh, what? That's correct. It's an advertisement, a commercial. (laughs) How dare they? The ad featured a woman with dark hair flowing down her back while wearing a white robe in a brightly lit room. Was a promotion for the brand's Invisible for black and white deodorant and featured the tagline, keep it clean, keep bright, don't let anything ruin it. Invisible. How dare they? How dare they promote their brand? I was gone in two days. Uh, We're deeply sorry uh, to anyone uh, who may take offense to uh, this specific post. Uh, Diversity and equal opportunity are crucial values of Nivea. Uh, It was up for two days. Have a nice day. 
And apparently, uh, you remember, uh, they found themselves uh, doing the same thing uh, a few years ago. Appeared to be a clean-shaven black man holding a mask of a man with a beard and, and an Afro hairstyle. Look like you give a damn. Re-civilize yourself. Oh, my gosh. The horror. You racist bastards. <laughs> so, at first you want the companies to say, bite me. Right? It's an ad. Get over it. And the two people who tweet about an ad or the ten people who email the corporation repeatedly the ten people who tweet repeatedly uh, get everyone all up in arms and corporations are going, oh, we're getting, I don't know, ten emails equals 18 billion people. We've got to act. We've got to act. Okay. I mean, my first response is do you? Do you? Do you have to? Or you just let the commercial run? But in a way, I understand uh, the corporations that, look, Nivea is going to sell their products uh, well for a great amount of time, right? So why why damage it with a stupid commercial? They say they're sorry, they move on. And you say, oh, yep, and the protest stops, the noise stops, and they go back to buying Nivea. I got it. Same with kind of Pepsi, Uh, you know, the Kendall Jenner ad. I watched the Kendall Jenner ad. Dumb, you bet. But to say that uh, it's trivializing, black lives matter, uh, I would like to hear Pepsi say no and so. Uh, So? It's commercial. Trivializing the damn thing we want. So? That's what, you know, you'd like to hear that. At least I would. But you're not going to because a big corporation is going to say, pull it, say we're sorry, move on. So after the the big news, they apologized for the controversial advertisement that borrowed imagery from Black Lives Matter movement after a day of intense criticism from people who said it trivialized the widespread protest against the killing of black people by the police. I just want to explode, but hey, Dupty was trying to project a global message of unity, peace, and understanding. Clearly, we missed the mark and apologized. We did not intend to make light of any serious issue. We're pulling the content and halting any further rollout. There you go. Over. Have a nice day. Plus, I will say, Kendall, uh, while she is, uh, you know, has a good look about her. And uh, while I may enjoy some of her Instagram posts uh, over the years, uh, she needs to uh, get with Kim and figure out uh, how to make um, how to make the rear bigger. Kim needs some kind of butt job. I, mean, I don't want Kim. I'm not or Kylie. I mean, you need to get with Kim. Uh, no, that's not Kylie Jenner. It's Kendall Jenner does the Pepsi ads. Kendall Jenner does the Pepsi ads. She's the one that needs the butt job. I got to remember the whole damn Kardashians. Start watching the show again. So Kendall is the Pepsi. She needs the butt job. She needs to get with Kim. 
Kim needs to set her straight. That's what I was thinking when I saw the ad. It's the only thing I looked. Oh, that's a Pepsi ad. Oh, no figure. But those corporations that you want to say so, get over it. They're not going to, right? It's easier for them and less expensive and less hassle just to say, you know what? You're right. Sorry. And move on. Then put up a fight. Because even though you end up, you, you're going to maybe win that fight, is it worth it? It's kind of like an insurance company just paying off a guy. Uh, I mean, I fought with an insurance company once over paying off a guy that uh, I was in an accident with. It was his fault. He was suing. I should have sued him back. I didn't. But the insurance company is like, just we're going to pay him this money just to be done with it. And I'm like, no. No. And they paid the money and it went away and I didn't have to worry about it anymore. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. And good news coming from the Black Lives Matter. Speaking of Black Lives Matter, as they really didn't appreciate the Pepsi ad, uh, they, the new Black Panther Party, uh, demanding their own country within the United States, good for them. Good for you, Black Panther Party. Good for you. And it's good that they don't want to take it all over. They just want, uh, you know, their own little couple of states. And it'll become, uh, you know, the new Black Panther Party. Uh, The defense minister for the new Black Panther Party, uh, Babu Amawali. I love Babu Amawali. Is calling for mass migration of black citizens to go to Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia. Now, these states, Amawali hopes to establish their own government and essentially create a nation within a nation of the United States. And as far as the white people who are already living in this region, the new Black Panther Party leader addressed this point too. Speaking on the great Aaron Klein investigative radio, Amawali said, if black people move in, most definitely white people will move out. So it's not a hard process for us to have our own country within a country. Babu Amawali. And the more I say it, the more I want to change my name to Amawali. I'm in love with Welcome to the Jeffy Amawali show. I I think I otherwise maybe just an Amawali. Maybe just maybe it's kinda like share. Amawali. Madonna Amawali. I think that's it. I just want to be one name. Amawali. Yeah. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. 
Tis the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. Don't forget tonight, very special, special broadcast, Talking Walking Dead on the Blaze Radio Network. Nine to midnight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be Facebook Living the top of the hours. We'll be broadcasting live. We have a special guest lined up. We have Brad Staggs, Jason Buttrell, Sean Foster will be here. Now, the usual uh, Talking Walking Dead podcast gang. Uh, and we're ready to party, and we want to party with you. And uh, even though the studio is under construction, you can pardon our dust, and we'll just party on. Uh, and, uh, of course, I mean, it'll be, we're just going to be doing a little Talking Walking Dead, and uh, it'll be fun. Look, season seven's over. We've got nothing left to do but, uh, you know, think about season eight and watch Fear the Walking Dead and complain on how bad that show is. So that's what we've got. All right, that's what we're hanging on to. That's what we're hanging on to. So join us tonight, 9 to midnight, on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up immediately following this broadcast at noon is uh, Lawrence Jones. Um, Lawrence is uh, <laughs> coming at you live on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so what happens in my life on a Saturday or on a Friday night? I think to myself, you know, I've got a show to do, and I lay down, and it's late. And I start, you know, I just start, I fall asleep with my phone in my hand and I just, you know, as I'm going through stories and uh, here are some of the, here are the top stories. <laughs> this is what I ended up just emailing myself uh, half asleep as I'm looking at stuff that, well, you know, maybe we could talk about that. It might be possible. Uh, you know, you never know. Uh, you never know. So there's a story here that says the Target CEO uh, didn't know about the April announcement about the transgender, and I think uh, so. This kind of this is this is this is this may be the title of this segment. So, but this is what you get when I'm half asleep, laying in bed looking at stories. After I've kind of laid out what I want to talk to you about and what we're going to talk about and what's going on and what makes me laugh during the week, I think about eh, the Target CEO. He didn't know. Uh, the company made the announcement uh, about the transgender people from using the bathrooms, and the CEO wasn't really made aware of it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he backed it up. He didn't come right out and say, uh, nobody told me, and no, that's not a rule. Well, he just was like, eh, okay. Okay. Uh, this particular one you will see on Pat and Stew Monday, because I'm going to tease the Pat and Stew show. Uh, which airs live noon to 2 on the Blaze Television Network and 5 to 7 right here on the Blaze Radio Network. You will see and hear this on Monday. A guy uh, in France at the new roller coaster gets nailed uh, right in the throat with a pigeon. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. First, it looks like he gets it in the mouth. Uh, you know, fast when it's going fast motion, it looks like the pigeon flies right into his mouth. But then they slow it down and it just hits him in the neck. And then slows. Oh, that flies off, and he just freaks out. And then he turns around, his buddies all laughing, and they start screaming again. But as he screams for about the the next scream after he gets hit from the pigeon is yay! And then he realizes he closes his mouth real fast, like oh my god, I'm going to hit by a pigeon again. I'm not going to open my mouth anymore. And it's really good. It's funny. You'll see that. Uh, you'll see that on Monday on the on the Blaze Radio Network. And then uh, indecent proposal. Bra- Brazilian actress claims NHL owner offered her millions of dollars and mo- and movie roles for sex. So, okay, Uh, good for you. Hey, NHL owner, (laughs) I'm here for you. You I'm here for you, all right? I mean, I'm just saying. 
look, call me. All right. I know I'm not the Brazilian actress, but you know, you never know. You never know. Now, as you read the story, and I read uh, most of it, it goes on and on. It's, it's convincing until you get to the part where the NHL owner goes, oh, "It's all a setup," and uh, she's uh, she's trying been trying to blackmail me for all this time. So it will get interesting as the story goes. She wants her three. She wants she's suing him for like three million or something. Shut up. It's been a ruse from the whole beginning. You're telling me a Brazilian. I, you know, I'm just saying, if I were a Brazilian actress in America looking for work and a particular multi-million, possible billionaire offered me an opportunity to make films and perhaps have a small sexual relationship with him or her, I know as a Brazilian actress that I am, I would say yes. But again, that's just just me. And so that we roll on to the next story as I fall closer and closer to dreamland. Uh, the Obama administration, a new Syria, still had chemical weapons despite saying otherwise. So, where does that get us? Do we, I mean, does it matter? We know that we know that Obama knew. We know that Susan Rice knew for sure. Uh, Clapper acknowledged it. Uh, in one of his testimonies. I mean, so. I mean, does it sound good? Yeah. Is it fun to know and beat up on President Obama about that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But, so. Right? I mean, what? So, so what now? Nothing. Uh, we've had, you know, we, we went ahead and bombed. Okay, we took care of it for you, Barack. Your red line, we took care of it for you. All right, no problem. Man, I'm almost asleep. Uh, one more story here. Oh, China foils toilet revolution. Bandits with facial recognition in public bathroom. What? Wait a minute. Did I read that right? I better open my eyes again. China foils toilet revolution bandits with facial recognition in public restrooms. All right, well, I'm back awake a little bit. See what's going on here. The toilet paper thieves of the Temple of Heaven Park were an elusive bunch. I hate toilet paper thieves. Hate them! They looked mostly like park visitors practicing Tai Chi, dancing in the courtyards, and stopping to take on the scent of ancient cypress and juniper trees. But hidden in their oversized shopping bags and backpacks was a secret Sheet upon sheet of crumpled toilet paper plucked stereotypically of public restrooms. Those bastards. We'll get them. We'll put facial recognition software in the restrooms. We'll know who you are. That's right. We've got you, you toilet paper thieving bastards. I love China. You gotta love it, right? I mean, I'm surprised they just didn't hunt them down and shoot them. I mean, who hasn't, I better not say that, who hasn't seen an opportunity at times in restrooms when you're, say, short of a little cash and there's those giant rolls of toilet paper in the restrooms. I mean, they've got those those giant rolls. I mean, they're in those little plastic containers. 
you know, you got no money. The family is counting on you to provide something, some food on the table, some toilet paper in the bathroom. I mean, the opportunity is there, right? They might not have facial recognition in most of those stores in the bathrooms. So you've got to kind of, you know, leave the bathroom and wander around a little bit so you're not just going from bathroom to front door and door to bathroom when you're taking the opportunity to provide for your family. But, I mean, it's pretty tough not to think about it. Isn't it? No? Okay. Maybe it's just me. And this, uh, quite frankly, I made my last story, and you can you can read into that what you will. You know, we've all wanted to spice up our sex life. It's part of being married. It's part of, part of having a relationship. But, I mean, of course, we you know, we want to. Well, I'll read you the article. Uh, Many of us wouldn't mind brushing up on our bedroom skills. But would you be willing to let a coach watch you in the act to improve your performance? Sex life coach Eric Ameth counsels couples via Skype, helping them overcome obstacles to a fulfilling, intimate life. This guy is a genius. We have to talk to this guy. I mean that with every ounce of my being. We must get sex life coach Eric Amaranth on this program. I, 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 uh, this guy, a genius. Now, you know he's going to try to make pawn it off like it's, it's all for good. Oh, I'm just trying to help couples. I want to want people... To have be together, and it's important to have a healthy sexual relationship. And if you don't have that, you don't have a you don't have a good relationship, and everything else around you falls apart. So first and foremost, let's work on improving that. But since we're in a modern technology world, and there's no way that I could visit every person's home, it's so much easier just to use technology to our advantage. And I'll Skype in and watch you guys. Uh, you know how you go about. Uh, uh, being together, uh, how you go about uh, working up to each other, and how, uh, you know, I'll let you know uh, how you can spice up your sex life. And uh, then, I'll, you know, then I'll, what I'll do is I'll send you a bill. And then I promise, uh, you know, I cross my heart that I won't record it. And I promise I won't sell it. That would just be wrong and it would be against the uh, be against my policy doing that. Psychotherapist Dr. Mike Dow admits he often wishes he could observe uh, what his clients do, not just hear what they say they do. People are terrible self-reporters, especially when it comes to sex. I don't know if I'd want a movie director in the bedroom, but she does ask for Eric for a tip to share with viewers if they try something new and it doesn't work. This little tip from Eric. Oh, my gosh. We are so lucky. If you try something new and it doesn't work, it's very common that people get scared. They throw it away and never do it again. Don't do that. Go and uh, try it again. Uh, Get better information. Uh, 
hire somebody like me. Uh, create this great thing you're going for. So uh, my name is uh, Eric Amareth, and uh, I'm a Skype sex doctor. And uh, all you have to do is just pay me. I'm a professional sexologist. I don't even know if he has a title. He's just a guy that Skypes in. Does he have a title? Oh, that's right. Sex life coach. I don't know if he's a sexologist, a certified sexologist, or if he's just a sex life coach. So if he's just a sex life coach, hey, that's me. I could become a sex life coach like Eric Amrith, and I could counsel couples uh, via Skype. Genius. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jeff Fisher. Set your alarm, put it in your calendar, put a rubber band around your wrist. Tonight, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, you heard it. You heard me. presentation of Talking Walking yeah. Dead. Myself, Brad Stagg, okay. Jason Butchel, and Sean Yeah, Foster. they're going to be there, but so, I'm going to be here. Podcast, you heard me. Gang, along with some listen up. guests and you. Yeah, that's right, you. We'll so call, or, you know, listen, do something like future. that tonight. tonight Nine is for the dead. Talking Walking Dead. Man, that guy is good. You should listen to that guy. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Now, you heard that guy telling you uh, a little bit ago about the show tonight. You need to be a part of it, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, Nine to midnight, tonight, on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, It's going to be, we're going to have a blast uh, all night long. We're going to talk about a little Walking Dead. We'll cover from front to back, top to bottom, side by side. Uh, I really am looking forward to uh, finding out uh, from some of the listeners how they got started. Uh, watching Walking Dead, I, I remember distinctly how I was started, uh, got hooked, and spent one full weekend uh, just binging Walking Dead episodes on Netflix um, upstairs. After my wife said, "You know, you probably should watch that," and I was like, "Uh," eh. and then I went upstairs and I. Nothing else. I don't watch it. I sat through that first episode, and I, I don't think I came downstairs. I think I spent the the rest of the weekend just up there. If I slept, I'd wake up and go back. To, I, it was, I mean, I was hooked forever uh, after that. There was no question. So tonight, 9 to midnight, you'll have an opportunity to win a couple of Talking Walking Dead t-shirts. Uh, we've got some guests. And, you know, Jason's going to be here, but we're not going to talk about You know, maybe I'll try to, you know, keep the... The North Korea, Syria talk down with Jason tonight, and we'll just stick with, we'll just stick with Walking Dead, and uh, we'll stick with uh, how they communicate. You know, like with pigeons, <laughs> which is where we all heard about pigeons. And you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, uh, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and uh, Instagram at JeffyMRA. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. We'll see you tonight, 9 to midnight. And uh, remember uh, that the fake news that we gave you today, uh, it, it, many, many people are giving you that fake news as real. Uh, we set the line straight today. And I am still, I, I can't tell you how mad I am right now that the real-life Russian Hunger Games is fake news. I, have, I wanted that to be real. 
I want that to be real. But no, it's not. Not yet. There's no time for real-life Russian Hunger Games yet. Very sad. Very sad. So have a great week. We'll see you tonight. And then uh, back, of course, uh, with the Glenn Beck radio program on Monday. If no one, if you're just sitting around at the house today and no one's told you uh, how good you look, you do. You look fantastic. Okay? Seriously. Now, you're not... You're not going to really wear that all day, though, are you? I mean, you put something else on, really. Okay. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.